Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. That's right, podcast fans. It's yet another bloody episode of Snap, crackle and cheap pops, the Pro Wrestling For You podcast with me, Mr. Phil Woodvine. And on today's show, we've got a guy I've been wanting to speak to on, on, on this uh, on this podcast for, for a good while now. He's one of those guys that we've been waiting to get on Pro Wrestling For You shows for a while. And... As with wrestling, it's nearly always timing. Things always come down to timing. And as luck should have it, the last show that we did back in March, um, we managed to get him on earlier than we anticipated. He fit right in. He just made everyone feel really comfortable right out the gate. And everyone's like, you know what, this guy, he's going places. He's definitely one of us. So uh, please allow me to introduce to you, Mr. Gabriel Lee. Gabe, how the devil are you doing? How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? I am not too shabby, mate. Hopefully that's not you know, blowing too much smoke with your arse, but I mean, <laughs> would, would, you, would you kind of agree on that, that in wrestling, a lot of it is down to timing more than anything? Yeah, definitely. I think timing is so important, just being in that right place at the right time and uh, taking every opportunity that comes at you. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, obviously, we, we've been speaking for a while. We, I think I first met you at uh, Stoke Comic Con. Is that about right? Yeah, that was right in, I want to say it was October. Yeah, from that sounds around. Right. Yeah, because it was you, it was Jack Nodson, it's Benjamin Harland, it was the rest of the year, the, 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 the barracks. Uh, a lot. Big shout out to the barracks. Uh, again, I know I'm going to kind of make people's ears prick up when I say that, but I've got, I've got no issues with the barracks here. Yeah, give them a big shout out to them and yourself and obviously Act 2 and a few of the other trainees um, came up, said hello, and both me and um, my girlfriend Katie, because we, we wouldn't say fiancé, but if it were, we were engaged at that point, but we both went, seems like a really nice guy, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it seems great. I want, I'm going to go, if he's wrestling later, I'm going to go try check out a, yeah, check out a match, um, see how he does, because instinctively you came across really confident, really humble really just put us both at ease you didn't seem to in wrestling especially being the being the promoter you can spot people that are too eager a million miles away they come up they shake your hand a bit too eagerly you're like all right dude you're sweating you're like you're about to kiss my hand please fucking stop but you came across just really nice but i say so me and my my missus like yeah sounds like a nice guy we did yeah i've been chat since then and we said, yeah, you know, come on, come on, go to the show, come see how we do stuff, um, see how we run things, come see our crowd, because not every family wrestling crowd, especially in Stoke, um, is the same. Um, we'll try to get you on where we can, but again, it's, it's going to come down to come down to timing. And then as luck would have it, you know, so a couple of people dropped out of the March show, as, uh, as they do on every you know, show up and down the country. Someone always drops out, someone has to leave early so on and so forth, and we managed to, to get you on nice and early, you're right place, right time, comes down to a year to timing, we had Charles Kelsey on the show, and we're like, you know what, dude, we've got a space here for you, if you're cool to jump on in, and you literally jumped on in, slotted straight in nice and easy right out the gates, um, and now you, yeah, you, you, you're a member of the uh, Pro SMP roster going forward, so timing came absolutely perfect. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Straight in. Kelsey's a big guy, isn't he? He's a very big guy. You know what I, I, I absolutely love about Charles Kelsey is, he, like, no one's told him he's a big guy. 
Like he, then he can drop kick over my head and I'm like 6-1. I'm like, fucking hell. He's absolutely massive. And honestly, I remember being on top of his shoulder taking a powerbomb and I thought I was never going to hit the ground. <laughs> honestly. Uh, oh, but he, is, he, is, he is great. Obviously not trying to ruin his gimmick or anything like that, but he, yeah, he is, uh, he's one of those guys, he, he, no one's told him he's that big. I swear to God, he thinks he's a cruiserweight. Yeah, for sure. He does. He does. The way, the way he moves, the way he bumps around, he loves it. And he just, yeah, I don't think he does realise how big he is. Ah, oh, fine. I mean, he is fantastic. Obviously, we're all going to get onto the sort of press interview and uh, that sort of stuff later on. I, like, I want to know, I want to get like right back to uh, right back to the beginning because kind of, I get the impression, judging by your... Uh, your, your wrestling gear, your wrestling music. Um, obviously, we spoke about this. We're both kind of a pair of geeks. We both love our sort of Power Rangers, our retro computer games, um, old school wrestling, you know, sort of things like that. But would I be right in thinking you're you're a wrestling fan right at the gates? Absolutely, I absolutely love wrestling. Um, I'm sitting I'm sitting here now in my study room. I've got all my wrestling memorabilia in front of me. Um, I've I've loved it since I was a kid. Absolutely love it. Everything about it, wrestling and retro video games, sums me up. Yeah, so it was a bit of a bit of a timestamp on it for us. Because how old how old are you now? Oh, too old. I'm thirty two. <laughs> for for those of us that are older than thirty two, I'm, I'm not going to say that's too old. You know, I'm a thirty eight in a couple of weeks, so uh, <laughs> I'm just going to put that one out there. So are you talking? Are we talking very early doors? You got into wrestling, sort of like sort of five, ten, somewhere there. Yeah, so um, actually, I remember my first ever pay-per-view. I was very young. It was WCW came over in Manchester, and it was brilliant. I saw it, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, and that's what really got me into it. Uh, I remember Bret Hart coming out at the very end, cutting a promo. Uh, it's when he did broke his leg, and yeah. I was a big WCW fan, and he came out, cut this promo, and I was hooked. And from that, I, was, I remember sitting with my nan and granddad it was, a, it was a Saturday night watching WCW Nitro on TNT. Um, that's where wrestling came from. Friday night watching WCW, and then that got me into my WWF as well. Uh, and I've just, I absolutely love it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to ask because I mean, this is one thing that I, I it absolutely fascinates me whenever I do these kind of shows. Like, what made you go from being a fan? to wanting to do it? Because some people just want to watch it. They want to collect the belts. They want to collect T-shirts. They just want to watch every bit of wrestling that they can get hold of, which these days is a fucking lot. I would have killed for that when I was a kid. But what made you go from... You sat there, you're watching it. You probably got like a Bret Hart T-shirt on, a foam belt around your waist, whatever the case may be. What made you take that extra step? Well, do you know what, actually... When I was because when I was younger, I was always interested in it, and there wasn't really that much around at the time. Like I say, I'm, I'm 32 now, so when I was 10, 12, 14, there wasn't many training schools around. So I actually got into things like MMA, a bit of boxing, just combat sports because I loved it. And then it was about three, three, four years ago, I started getting back into wrestling. I'd finished university and all that, and I sort of saw there was a school nearby and. I was like, right, do you know what? I've always wanted to do something like this, so I'm going to try. And Barracks haven't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> I mean, so obviously, so you're 32 now. So we're talking 
what, 27, 28-ish? Yeah. Yeah, so I was about 27, 28 when I got into it properly and I got back into the scene and I wanted to wrestle myself. Because like I say, I just, before, I just didn't think it was around. Well, it wasn't around yeah. at the time. And then it came it came around and obviously university, things like that. And then I come back and, <coughs> you know what? This is something I've always wanted to do. Um, I'm quite a, I can get on with anybody. I'm not, I'm not worried about crowds. So when I was 18, I was playing at music, live music. So I've always been in front of crowds. I just like, I like to perform. I like to show off, I guess. Good. Maybe, maybe that's the one thing that kind of unites all wrestling performers, whether you're the ref, whether you're wrestling, even commentating, announcing, managing. We all like to show off. I mean, yeah. to, to, to some degree, you know what I mean? Like, we're all a little bit egotistical like that. Even if you're doing something quite sensible like refing or commentating, you've got to be aware that you're good at that. And that people love you for that. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to show this off. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's like, it's like that buzz, especially, like, especially as a wrestler, you hear your music hit, you come out and there's people, I, I'm, I'm predominantly a face, so get, hopefully getting cheers, normally do. And okay. it's just such a buzz. And I, lo- I just love to perform. I love to perform and watch people leave happy. Absolutely. So, but I'm going to have to ask. Obviously, if you 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 start wrestling training, even though you've done, I say, like your boxing and MMA, performing arts, all this sort of stuff, to start wrestling at 27, 28, by today's standards, that's quite late into into the day. I mean, I know people will always say, oh well, DDP was I think he was 35 when he started, and yeah, they'll they'll chuck his name in. They'll chuck the, I think it's the Boogeyman. They'll chuck Santino Morello and a few people like that. Um, but yeah, if, if you look at guys like you, know, Jack Nodson, and Benjamin Harland, they're you know, late teens, early twenties, and they've been doing it a good four or five years. Was there a point that, when you're twenty seven, twenty eight, did it enter into your mind that mm, maybe I'm a bit too old to learn this, or did that not kind of enter into your head? Um, I'm not. I'm going to be totally honest. There, there has been times when I first started that I did think to myself, "Am I getting in this a bit late?" But then you don't, you're not, you're not going to be successful if you hold yourself back. And I just thought, you know what, I can think about this for a year's time and try it anyway, or let's just get into it now. Um, and the best way I could compare it is you look at the like in, in football, you look at people like Cristiano Ronaldo, he's a lot older than a lot of the players around him. But if, if you're in top shape and you're performing, you can do it. And I, I strongly believe that there isn't many out there with a work ethic like I've got. I'll I'll outwork anybody in the famous words of Christian. Um, and I'll, I'll tra- I train every day. I'm out there just trying to do as much as I can. And may- maybe age is seen as, as, oh, he's a bit older. Is, is he going to get to where he wants to be? Why not? If you don't, if you don't push yourself to do it, you're never going to get there. Yeah, this is one thing that I spoke to uh, to Chocolate Funder. Obviously, you you met him in March at the show. The nicest, most funniest guy in the world, and he was kind of in the same boat. I mean, um, I can't remember exactly for the life of me the age that he started, but I, I think it's somewhere around the same kind of thing as you, late twenties, early thirties, and he kind of thought the same. And I said, well, there's one thing that. Okay, if people look at, say, yeah, Jack Nodson, Benjamin Harlan, go, yeah, okay, by the time they're late 20s, early 30s, they're going to have 10, 12, 15 years worth of wrestling under their belts. But what they're also going to have 
is 10, 12, 15 years worth of bumps. And you're coming into this late 20s with a, well, a relatively fresh back, fresh knees, a fresh neck. So even if you are, quote unquote, older than other people that you'd be training with, you're still coming in with a fresh body. So maybe that's a good thing that, that you're a little bit older because you'll be a little bit older, a little bit wiser. You're not some young, uh, fresh face, thinks he knows everything, cocky little bastard. You're yeah, a bit more, a bit more mature, but you're still coming in this as a brand new trainee, a brand new performer. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing, as being that little bit older, I think I'm not saying promoters don't take young talent seriously, but as an old, as a bit of an older, I don't want to say an older performer, but as a bit older of a performer, I think you can relate a bit more and you can have that conversation. And yeah, you're right. I haven't, I haven't got that bump card. But I've been training up to this, so I genuinely think I can perform in the ring with someone at the age of twenty and not look not look out of place at all. I don't I I don't now I don't think of myself as oh maybe I've got into a bit older when I first started I did but now I look at it and I think do you know what I'm doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think you just hit on the, like a bit of a point there as well. I remember saying this to someone else. Um, it wasn't on a podcast, it was just on a phone call. I won't mention the people that I was speaking to because they were trying to still trying to find their feet. And I said, because of your age, there's only certain characteristics that open up to you. Because if I see a 16-year-old trainee and these come around every couple of years, they go down the money routes. Now, there are people that do the money stuff really well, like people like Sheikh Al Sham. And uh, Sash over in the Nottingham Professor Pain, they do it really, really well. But there are certain people that try to do the, the quote unquote money gimmick, and it's painful to watch because they're 16, they've got, they're wearing pleather, they're filming a promo in front of their nan's curtains with a couple of five pound notes. And you're like, oh. Yeah, oh. what 100%. 100% and I just I think as someone who's a bit older I've got that I've got that idea kind of of where I want to go and you've you've got that experience to back up so if I am asked right I need you to do this well I've probably got that bit of life experience that yeah I can get that, I can get that bang on yeah absolutely because that that's one thing you know a 32 year old has got that a 16 17 18 year old um, hasn't got that life experience and whatever you do in life you bring into wrestling yeah I've always said from day one don't if I ask you who are your influences don't ever tell me a wrestler because we, we all do it yeah I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan but if you ask me who's my filthy influence I'm never going to say Shawn Michaels I'm going to tell you um, Rick Mail from Bottom and the Young Ones and Drop Dead Fred I wanted to be the British wrestling version of Rick Mail because that's bringing outside influence into this business so if you can bring if you with so people like jack nodson you can tell he's got a bit of oasis influence which is which is pretty cool it's great that it's not a wrestling influence so if you're 32 now and you've got you know, four or five years of wrestling on your belt that's cool but it's the other stuff that's going to make you different from everyone else like what has this guy done from leaving school to now that he can go you know what i've seen this in the real world this is what I'm bringing in into wrestling. And I see, like, 
Comic Cons, as we mentioned earlier, that's obviously that's where we met. Uh, Comic Cons very popular these days. Big Bang Theory, the TV show, if that came out now, it wouldn't be a hit because everyone's a bit nerdy. Everyone's going watching the Avengers. Everyone wears Batman t-shirts and all this sort of stuff. And I think you've got a bit of that nostalgia retro kind of influence in your character that that's what you bring to the table so guys same kind of age range as us that grew up on power rangers and saturday morning cartoons they're going to see what you do and go yeah i like this guy like i get it he's, he's like me he's like me and they can see themselves in in you and what you bring to the table yeah, for sure. And I just even like subtle little things. Like obviously, the gear I wore at the last show is Green Green Power Ranger base. Uh, my gear before that is Captain America. But I wanted to, every bit of gear I get has something that people can relate to. Because sometimes people will go to shows, especially younger kids, they'll go to shows and they'll see a lot of wrestlers. But they'll remember the little things that stick in their head. So when they're at school the next day telling their friends about the guy who's dressed as a Power Ranger... That's my job done. I'm, I'm yeah. remembered, and that's what I need. Uh, you, you've just hit the nail on the head. Be remembered. Get remembered. I wish to God someone would have told me that when I started training. So yeah. I, I, because I, I didn't have that kind of helping hand. It was a very old school kind of place where I, where I was training, and it was a sink or swim. But we're not going to help you to swim. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, for me, the, the best thing you can do is you've got to be remembered, haven't you? The people who come and watch you, you've got to be remembered. You've got to be talked about. You want to be... Cause you've, they're going to come to shows, and there is going to be people that don't know all the wrestlers there. So if they don't, what's going to make me stand out from everybody else? That's, that's how I kind of see it. Now, if someone remembers me because of my entrance music or because I had the green Power Ranger gear on, like I say, my job's done. Yeah, absolutely. See, mate, see, this is where your wisdom comes in. You might only be four or five years in the wrestling business, but life has taught you this sort of stuff. Get remembered. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So like I say, especially now, there's so many wrestlers coming through all the time, and there's a lot of good talent out there. But you've got to set yourself apart from the rest. And I remember getting my first bit of gear done and people were like, you spent that kind of money on your gear. Well, why wouldn't you? Because if I'm on a six-card show, five out of six of them may have done a head scissors or a hurricane runner. Or, but if I've got something that's made me be remembered, worth every penny. Yeah. I've worn my Where's Wally gear once. Like, and it, it was relatively expensive for what it is. It, yeah, but... It's one of the most like watched person view clips, mainly because I kind of promote it. Like, let's be honest, I'm a little bit selfish on that. But like, yeah, I went out dressed as a Where's Wally, and it's one of the most viewed clips on TikTok and Twitter and Insta and all this sort of stuff because people are like remember that guy that came out dressed like a Wally. What a Wally! It was just, it was so, it was almost like meta. It was almost like I was trying to be like what Deadpool does. Like, I wanted people to go, ah, oh, what an idiot! What a what a Wally! But um. Kind of thing, but be remembered. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't do any moves in that match. I think I did a, a double clothesline with someone, and but people wanted to pictures with the Wally afterwards. I'm like, you know what? This this is cool. This is pretty cool. 
Yeah, 100%. Like, you go back to, you mentioned Shawn Michaels, your favourite wrestler. The one thing, I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan, and one thing that stands out for me is it's always his entrance gear. That was something that you will always remember. You'll never forget the white white, uh, WrestleMania gear against Bret Hart. You'll never forget that. Yeah. Uh, Mate, yeah, absolutely. This this is stuff that I don't necessarily think training schools teach as much these days. I, I wish they did, but... I think this is maybe more performing arts school, perhaps, that um, they, that's where that kind of stuff gets taught. Yeah, definitely. It's, you, you'll do a lot of training on the moves and trying to work on who you are, but I, I definitely think it, there needs to be something more out there, for especially people who aren't that confident. I'm quite lucky. I've always been in, like, in work and in my private life. I've always been quite a confident person. I've always been in front of crowds or dealing with people but there is a lot of people that come into wrestling that struggle with that and I think that's that's such a massive market that needs filling there they can get that help that they can start get yeah acting classes becoming who they want to be rather than spending years and years struggling to find that whereas I've been quite lucky yes I've come in later but I've already developed that of who I am I've got that confidence so I haven't got to spend the next five years being able to deal with being in front of people or being able to talk to a promoter without really shaking and sweating, do you know what I mean? <laughs> mate, I, mate, I have had some fucking amazing like reactions to stuff like that. Um, like it, like as much as I do cringe because I mean I know I was never meant to be the owner of Pressing Feud. It was meant to be Kim Rocks, and I was meant to do a bit of the wrestling side of things, do a bit of managing, and but I ended up being the owner and so on and so forth. And like at first, I used to really enjoy it and then I went for a phase of absolutely hating it where people knew I was the boss and they did act differently around me and then now I, just, I don't really care but if you're ever stood with me and one of you know, a, a trainee that obviously you're training with or whatever and you just say oh so where uh, so who's that guy oh that's you know, Phil who he owns a pressing few just watch them rather than watch me just see how they change oh is he oh Okay. Also, their voice changes, their body language changes. Hey, oh, mate, nice to see you. Nice to see you. They give you the softest, most lovely handshake where they're caressing your hand a bit too much. It's fucking weird, but it's also great all in the same context. So you're just like, ah, oh, here we go again. Here's another one. But uh, it, it, it comes with the territory, though, doesn't it? It comes with the territory. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Like, that's just one thing I'm really grateful for that I'm at. I'm a people person, so I, re- I remember at Comic-Con being with uh, Ben and Jack and them saying, oh, Caressa Fuhr over there, I'm going to go come say hello. And I-, I might be wrong, but I think I was the only one that came over with them. And I was like, let's go, let's yeah. go say hello. Do you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you? Because we're all in wrestling for the same thing. We've all been a fan at some point. It's very rare you get someone in wrestling who doesn't like wrestling. So yeah. you've naturally got that thing that, well, you're going to relate to that person. Chances are you're probably going to get on with them. Uh, and do you know what? I mean, I'm I'm not in wrestling because oh, I want to make money. I'm in wrestling because I love wrestling and I want to make I want to make a load of friends. Probably make some enemies on the way, but I've <laughs> I've a good career. Do you know what I mean? I I I, I love it, and that's that's what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. In any walk of life, doesn't matter what walk of life you're in, you're gonna make friends. You're gonna make enemies. That's just how it is and to, and it's it's up to you how you navigate that minefield because it can be you know promoters not 
really liking each other, you know, kind of stepping on each other's toes. Feelings get hurt really easily because, let's be honest, everyone in wrestling, we're a big bunch of babies, very emotional, wear our hearts on our sleeves more often than not. Um, but, mate, that, that's that's just that's life more than wrestling. But you're doing a good job of it so far. So, mate, just keep doing what you're doing, I reckon. Thank you. I'm trying. Thank you. So, so I'm going to have to ask, before I segue you into the um, first of our game show segments, I've got to ask, in regards to training, have you seen any faux pas? Now, obviously, I'm gonna, I, might, I might give you an example, but um, when I when I was at training, I re- uh, trained at a place called BWA, something in Fenton, and a guy walked in, and I've said this story on a couple of podcasts before, but he walked in, and he looked like he was decked out head to toe in WWE Euroshop. Like Undertaker sunglasses, Triple H t-shirts, Shawn Michaels, tracky bottoms, um, Ric Flair shoes. He had a wrestling belt over his shoulder, which is huge, huge no-no. And as soon as he walked in through the door, we kind of looked around and thought, oh, shit. Like, he's, he's not going to last. He's, he's too far. He's too much of a fan almost, which sounds almost a bit stupid, but you can almost be too much of a fan. So have you ever seen any of them faux pas or have you uh, done a faux pas like that yourself? Yeah, you, you, obviously you get you always get the super fans that will come in and they want to be a wrestler because they've seen it. I mean, every time you'll see me at training, I can guarantee I'm wearing a wrestling shirt. I always, I always am. I am a big fan myself, but yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be fully decked out. Although you, you have got me on these Shawn Michaels trousers. I may have to do a bit of a Google for these later. <laughs> I do like the sound of them, and a foam belt's never going to go bad, is it? Uh, no. Yeah. You, you you will you always get people like that as well. Um, it just it, I think it's part of it, isn't it. I think some people get into wrestling because they want to wrestle. Some people get into wrestling because they think they can do it because they've watched it. And I think a lot of people think it's a lot easier than it is. Like I I just going off subject slightly. I love that conversation when so you know everyone hates it, but I love it when someone says yeah, but, it, but it's fake. I'm like, come spend fifteen minutes in the ring with me and tell me it's fake. Because the next day I can't bloody walk, so it's yeah. not fake. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I always think that's like a really interesting question. Because I mean, we've all seen the um, was it from the Dark Side of the Ring? The Doctor yeah. is it David Schultz? Yeah, yeah. Like we we've obviously seen that kind of reaction, and hopefully that's a um, that's you know, not a lot of people react like that. Because I mean, I used to be quite protective of it. Now, if you'll say it's fake. Cool, whatever. I, I I don't care, but I know there's a lot of people that don't react that kind of way to it. Um, have you have you ever reacted like really badly and just gone, I'm just gonna smash in the smash them in the face, or you always been sort of calm and cool under pressure? I'm gonna say I'm really calm and cool under pressure. Now I'm sure anyone I know will be who listens to this will be like, he absolutely isn't. But I'd <laughs> like to think I'm calm under pressure. Um, I, I I probably do get me back up a little bit because. I think when people start saying that it's fake, I think that's when people start trying to it, put a sour taste about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas we're, we're, we're out to perform. Again, I'll say the same thing. Let me give you a couple of suplexes. Let me give you a couple of Germans. You tell me it's fake. Yeah. Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I, think, I think over the years, I think I've gone slightly 
um, down the route of it. People say to me, obviously, depending on the situation, who they are and where we are, I'll say, cool, if, if, that's, if, that's, your, uh, if that's, that's your opinion, cool, whatever. Can I show you a move? And then I'll show them like a worked headbutt. So I'll kind of like grab him and then old school headbutting is, yeah, you're headbutting your own thumbs. And you go, yeah. so that's what you do. That's what you see on TV. I'm going to headbutt my own thumb. And they go, fuck off. So no, no, legit. But if we go back, watch it on TV, several different ways of doing it. If I can do it one-handed, I'm headbutting the palm of my hand or the back of the palm of my hand. Double, uh, both um, double-handed, I'm going to headbutt both my thumbs. And they go, they go oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't know they did that. Okay, so it's fake, but you can still feel it. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the point. And I've kind of gone down that road, whereas I, I don't want to argue with people. If people think it's fake, I'm like, cool, do you, whatever, mate. I think my favourite is when people when people go, yeah, but you don't really punch, do you? Like, you'll punch your hand or something, won't you? And I'm like, eh, okay. But you do realise sometimes people will punch their hand and they don't move their hand, and that really, really hurts. And they'll yeah. be like, what, they mess it up? I'm like, yeah, it hurts. Um, and even like little things, so like the last show I did, I took a drop kick and I walked into it and it was, it was beautiful. I thought I was going to have to pick a tooth up off the back row. <laughs> Honestly. But that for me, I, I loved that because yeah. I'm, a, I'm very big on, I want, I want someone to believe. I want them to believe. I'd rather put me chin in that extra inch further because I want them to believe. Yeah. If they walk away thinking, oh, his is his jaws going to be broke here? Right, that's, that's my job done. They believed in it, and I've made someone enjoy that time they're there and believe in what they're watching. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would take all day every day. I would take a black eye that's going to take two weeks to heal, or a bust nose, bust lip. I would take that any day than someone missing so badly that people go, ugh. Like, I'd, I'd prefer to get hurt. Like, fuck it, cool. Bruises will heal. My ego will not. So, 100%. Latent. Late. I'd yeah. rather you latent and people walk away being like, wow, okay. Um, I, I love it. I, like, I'm a big old school wrestling fan. It's a big, it's a quote, like, comment from Jake the Snake from one of his uh, podcasts. And he was saying how he'd rather just latent and his job, he wants people to walk out and think that DDT does, that's knocked them out calls. Well, it did. <laughs> it did a few times, but <laughs> he, he wants it to be as believable as possible. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe that's like, a, like, that's like a, another trait amongst people in wrestling, because I've not met anyone yet in fucking hell, how long have we been doing this? Since 2007? So a, a good amount of time getting on for like 15 years. 14 years, 15 years, something like that. And I've not met anyone that says, you know what, like I'd prefer prove it to look fake. Like we're so proud of what we do as a business. Like, no, 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 I'd prefer to take a black eye over someone going, missed him by a fucking mile. Yeah, 100%. And even on the other side of it, I think people naturally think, oh, because people think it's fake. So, oh, it can't be that hard to do. But if anything... You 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 throw a punch and you just have enough connection that it hits, but it it touches, but it doesn't hit. Tell me that's easy, do because it really isn't. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna have to ask. So obviously, with in terms of sort of sticking stuff in, when people know that you're a wrestler, you become quote unquote 
oh, he's that wrestling guy. He's my wrestling mate. He's that yeah, you're the go-to uh, wrestling for people that aren't wrestling fans. Have you been drawn into? You've been in a pub. You've been in a club. You've been in at a you know, family barbecue, and someone says, you know what? I'd love to take a chop one time. Have you, have you ever uh, partake? I've not. I've not had the. I'd like to take a chop yet, but I have. Um, I have been to a, a friend's house a few beers later. Someone's like, "Go on then, just, just give me a body slam. Don't hurt me, but give me a body slam." <laughs> we, I've had that. I've had that before. Don't hurt me, but give me a body slam. I'm like, and I'm thinking, you've just been telling me how fake this is, and now you're telling me not hurt you. You're getting through this floor, lad. <laughs> but I oh, didn't didn't mean it. Do it that hard. That was that was a soft one, and they can't walk the next day. Yeah, I mean, like I said I I, I, mean, I kind of came up yeah, the last of sort of old school kind of training where we, we sometimes we weren't allowed the ring because the previous training session some people let the trainer down so the trainer would take it out on us. He said, right, this time we wouldn't tell us beforehand. He just we'd turn up on the day. He said, guys, we've not got the ring today because last time. Uh, not enough people were here and they let us all down and we're like, dude, we were we were here. What are you punishing us for? But he'd kind of take it out on us and we'd be taking Germans on thin judo mats on the floor and for the next week, we're, like, we're walking around like we still got the coat hanger in the back of our shirt. Like, oh, I cannot move my neck. My back is gone. My knees are shot. My tailbone is destroyed. But... Oh yeah, they're they're the worst sessions. I I'll be I haven't had it, I haven't had anything quite to that level yet. We, I did headlock takeovers the other month, and that was on mats, and that was bad enough. So yeah, better better you than me. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things, and it like you you come up how you come up. I'm sure the generation before me, I'm sure they had it a lot worse than me. So you know what I mean? Like I'm sure the, the next generation up would have said, "What you had a judo mat, pussy?" Like I'm sure they'd go down that route. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I was I was reading the Dynamite Kids biography actually the other day, and uh, he's on about like when he first started training, they just had mats, and it was like he'd train and they'd have him in a match trying to make him tap out for a good half an hour straight, and he'd refuse to. And it's just it's just mad how training's progressed now. Like you won't even be able to get away with that anymore. But the ways they were trained, it's madness. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, I'm going to swing you into the first of our of our little sort of game show segments, dude. So uh, I've I've designed you a little room 101, but I'm going to give you two options each time. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to name you two wrestlers and a little bit of a scenario. And you've got to tell me which one of those wrestlers you'd prefer to do that scenario with and which other wrestler or which wrestler you're going to banish to room 101, never to be seen from again. So it's a bit it's a bit good, but it's a bit harsh, all in the same context. Okay. Okay. So first up, we've got uh, Act Two's Jack Nodson and Act Two's Benjamin Harland. Now, the scenario is you're going to be stuck in a lift for a few hours with either one of these two guys. Now, I don't know them that well enough. Either one has got more protein farts than the other. I or, or whether the other one's got you know, you know, really good conversation. I really don't know, but you've got to pick one of these guys, either Nudson or Harland. One you that you say, you know what? I, to be stuck in a lift with them, that's cool. That's not a problem. The other one you're going to banish to room 101. You might lose some friends at this. Let me just state. I was just about to say I'm getting paid for this the next time I see these. <laughs> um, okay, so 
Benjamin Haaland is who I'm going to be stuck in a lift with because, honestly, no word of a lie, if I said to him a specific match and said, what colour socks was Ric Flair wearing in that match, he'd be like, I can tell you that. He's got the most knowledge of wrestling I think I've ever met about anyone. So I have to actually have a really good conversation. Whereas Nudson would spend half the time trying to rip into you. And you don't want that when you're in a lift, do you? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we are banishing Jack Nudson to room 101. Poor bastard. That's it. Uh, I've lost a friend already. One down, two more to go. So we've got um, uh, made to last Leon Gray and made to last Ryan Fawn. Now, both good-looking guys. No two ways about it. Now, the scenario is you're single. We're going we're gonna to pretend for this little scenario. And you've got to take one of these two guys to the nightclub and they're going to be your wingman. So which one are you taking and which one are you leaving at home to be uh, banished to room 101? I'm really sorry, Ryan, but I'm going to take Leon because he's just such a smooth guy. <laughs> he's such a smooth guy. I'm going to have to take him. I mean, I don't know how he feels about this today, Bob. He looks a bit like um, like a funky Ned Flanders. So I started putting some pictures out on Twitter earlier. Um, tagging, tagging him in, he's saying stupid, sexy Leon. So, I, uh, I saw it earlier and I can't unsee it. And I think that's probably what's probably twisted my arm into making that choice, to be fair. I mean, who wouldn't want sexy Ned Flanders on a night out with you? <laughs> I mean, Leon's got to do that uh, cosplay at some point. Like, we'll, we'll make it happen. The first show of next year, we'll do a multi-pressing-fused multiverse of madness. We open the forbidden door, call it whatever you want to call it, and we're going to have people in cosplay. Leon Gray, if you listen to this back, put it out there, sexy Ned Flanders, let's make it happen. Um, oh, absolutely so, love that. So you've lost Jack Nudson, you've lost Ryan Fawn. So last but not least, the two that you've got with you, so it's... Uh, Keith Myatt and Ryan Myatt, and the scenario is you've got to go to one of their houses for Christmas dinner. Now, I'm going to assume that they don't have Christmas dinner together just for this scenario, but uh, Ryan being Ryan, Keith being Keith, you can only pick to spend Christmas with one of them two guys. The other, you are kicking out into the snow, into the cold, banished to room 101. Who are you picking? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Keith. And I think he'd be kicking me out by the end of the day because I'd be picking, picking his brain on wrestling all day. But I'm going to pick Keith, partly because I've got wrestling soon as well. So I'm going to pick him. Uh, so I'm really sorry, Ryan. But I'm going to have to take him. <laughs> no, bet, to be, yeah, to be fair, that, that's, a, that's a good choice. I bet Keith's got some right stories. I will... Keith's got about four stories and he just plays them on repeat. So if you're cool with listening to those four stories, he has got them in abundance. Oh, I have, I have a great time. Whenever he posts anything on, on his social media, I love it. There's always some wrestling great coming up and I'm like, right, I'm going to have to ask him about that next time. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's, he's our Tammy Funk, you know what I mean? Like he's, he just goes on forever. Now he's going to outlive all of us. He'll outlive me, you, Nudson, Harland, uh, Ryan Mike. He's going to absolutely outlive us all. And he'll be posting his flashbacks of when he wrestled Gabriel Lee. That's what he'll be doing. Exactly. You know what? You, you might have just uh, stumbled upon a good point. 
Keith is 60, he's either 62 or 63, um, if I remember correctly. I know his birthday's in July, he's 62 or 63. Now, some wrestlers, I struggle to get any kind of social media correspondence out of them. They don't share a match graphic, they don't know how to work Twitter. Keith Myers is in his 60s. So if any young wrestler says, oh, I don't really know how to use social media, so don't bother, look at Keith. Keith did not grow up on this shit, but he's absolutely smashing it out of the park. I absolutely love Keith Myers' social media. It's, I think, it is, it's great. It is great. I think I'm a little Keith Myers fanboy, really, because I absolutely love his social media. Honestly, I could sit there for hours just scrolling through the pictures, his, all pictures of who he's wrestled with and what he posts and... I just like I'll sit at the back at backstage at show. I'll just be listening to him. So he'd be kicking me out on Christmas Day. <laughs> like Gabe, get out! You've had your dinner. I get. I do. To be fair, Keith goes to bed really early. So by about eight pm at night, you're good because he'll want to sleep. If he hasn't oh. fallen asleep in his chair already, he will kick you out so he can sleep. Not when I'm chewing his ear off. You think I'm going to let him fall asleep in his chair? Like Keith, Keith, <laughs> just one more story, please. Just one more. Ah, oh, fantastic! So uh, you've lost Ryan. You've lost. Oh, sorry, you've lost Ryan Myers. You've lost Ryan Fawn, and you've lost Jack Nudson. I mean, yeah, I can say that you've kind of picked three of the best. So uh, yeah, I'll give you that one. So back to you. So you're 32. You've got four or five years worth of wrestling under your belt. What does the future hold for you? What have you got in mind? Have you got a like a bucket list, a tick list. Like I know Cody Rhodes is famous for having that yeah, the little tick list of stuff that he wants to accomplish. Do you have certain places, um, certain opponents, certain promotions? What What do you want to do? What's in your future? So that's a tough question because I I, I only debuted in September last year. So my first show was September last year, and I kind of said to myself like I. I try, I try and be modest. I want realistic goals. So I said to myself, if I could work three promotions in 2022 outside of barracks, I'll be happy. We're in May and I've done four. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, shit, I need to reevaluate these goals now. Um, for me, I just want to go and wrestle everywhere. So obviously wrestling abroad is something big to me. Like for me, I, I'm obviously interested in America, but Me- Mexico, I, I love Lucha Libre. Mexico would be the dream for me. If if you turned around to me and said, listen, right, you can have a contract with WWE, AEW, whoever you want, or you can go to AAA. I'd be like, right, let's get that flight to Mexico. I'm on my way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I love it. I, I absolutely, I love Lucha Libre wrestling. Um, Obviously, Japan would be a nice place to go and wrestle. That's always a dream as well. But just trying to be modest for now. Do you know what? I just want to get Gabriel Lee out there across the country, as far up and down the country as I can. Uh, and I just wanted to be a, a household name in independent wrestling in Britain. That's the goal. I love it. So, so is like a NXT, NXT UK, is that in your sort of, mindset have you got sort of oh not honestly aspirations in mind but have you got the plan in mind of if i do this to get to this that might lead there if i get shown in front of this person that might lead me there i mean would moving to america to to go and live and you know, work for wwe is that is that possible for yourself um 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that most wrestlers want. WWE doesn't interest me. Um, oh, okay. It doesn't interest me. Um, I'm I love independent wrestling. Absolutely love it. Like for me at the moment, I love what Matt Cardona's doing. He's turned around and basically gives the two fingers to Vince and is making money on independence. And that's that's what I love. Like you got that freedom to be who you are. And I obviously it's easy to say this. If NXT UK came knocking, I'm probably not going to be like, oh, no, not for me. Sorry, I'm holding out. But for me, the, I I, I want to go Mexico. I want to go Japan. I, I, yeah. I'm not that America's not somewhere that I'm like, yes, that's got to happen. Obviously, that's where the big money is. But I'm sure everyone says this. I've not got into it for the money. I've got into it for the love of performing and loving what I do. Um, dreams for now. I'd, I'd love to be able to be wrestling on places like Progress. That'd be that'd be very nice. Um, but like I say, I'm less than twelve months into doing shows. I'm just in trying to enjoy every step of the way. I'm not. I'm not in a massive rush to do anything. I might be a bit older, but I'm not in that rush where it's got to happen now. I just want to enjoy every step of it. Um, and for the record, everywhere I wrestle, they always tell me I look twenty six, not thirty two. So shoot age. Um, yeah, I'm pretty certain because after the uh, we we did the March show. It was whose clothesline is it anyway? Um, we, we went to the yeah, the local pub here in the Newcastle and Blime called the Rigger. Really great rock pub. Awesome, awesome. And you told me how, how old you were in the pub. And even though that there was music playing really loud, my voice cut above it and told you to fuck off. Because you told me your age and I was like, fuck off. Honestly. Yeah. I, I get it. I, 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 good genes. I don't know what it is, but I get it all the time. Like, no one ever believes the age. So I'm starting to get to a point where it's like, do I tell them I'm 32 anymore? Just say I'm 26. It's easier that way. It saves the conversation. Mate, it's good genetics. You've definitely got some like Wonder Woman vibes going on or some, you know, something like that. Because, uh, yeah, I genuinely wasn't trying to sound like I was trying to you know, butter you up or anything. Didn't, didn't think you were in your 30s. Nowhere even close. So... Uh, Mate, take advantage. The longer you can hold off having Botox, the better. <laughs> Told you, you don't need butter me up. Told you, Barrett couldn't get rid of me on day one, and nor can you now. He's stuck <laughs> with us. I ain't getting nowhere. Mate, I, I, I am fine with that, literally. I know it sounds like a blow smoke at your ass, but I, yeah, everyone on the team, like, yeah, but people like my DJs and yeah, the missus who runs the front of house, literally everyone went, great guy, really great guy, lots of potential, hungry, humble, honest hardworking, he's not like, oh, the, the ring needs taken down, I'm just going to leave it and maybe just take a couple little bits. Everyone's saying, like, you're getting stuck in, because there's eyes and ears everywhere and that stuff gets noticed and from one showing on, on our afternoon show, everyone went, yep, great guy, Let, let's get him back on board. So, but you, you, you're ticking every box, you're doing everything right, so that's all down to you. That's all down to you. No, I appreciate that. It's good to know. Like I say, just got to get involved, and you? We're all in. We're all in the same place. We all want to go somewhere, and like we're all performing. So, I, like, why wouldn't you help with the ring? Why wouldn't you do them little things? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just I can't get my head around the people that don't want to get involved. Like, I'm very old school, so I'll go to a lot of wrestling shows that, and I did it the other week. I went to a wrestling show the other week, and I'm wrestling on them. I'm not wrestling for them. I'm not doing anything. 
when I was there setting chairs up, setting the ring up, like you gotta you've got to pay your dues and you've you've got to help help out. Do you know what I mean? Like why why wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. So before obviously I swing you into the last game show segment, I want to get your take on something. So say so you're 32 now, and say um, that 16 year old you had discovered a wrestling school right on his doorstep. So you're know, half your age away. So you're 16 year old, and you could give younger you uh, three bits of advice. It could be good, it could be bad, it could be stuff to do, it could be stuff to not do. What three bits of advice are you giving 16 year old you? Oh, good question. Um, it would definitely be to be consistent. Don't like I see so many trainees that do a session, have a week off. Do a session, have a week off. You get out in life what you put into things. So it definitely be have that consistency. Make sure you're training all the time, um, and like look after your body. Too many people think that right. Learn to wrestle. You can wrestle, but it's a show. People. People come to wrestling to see someone larger than life. So why, why, why wouldn't you put that effort into training your body so you look that bit better? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd 100% be consistent, look after your body. Um, that class is two. was two, I guess. Um, and main one, like I say, just be humble and take every opportunity you can. Like, you, you're never too good for any opportunity. These there's always stuff coming up and you might get an opportunity that comes off and you look at it and you think, mm, I don't know about this, don't know about that promotion or don't know about traveling there or doing this or doing that. But you never know who's at that show. You never know who's going to be there. You never know who's wrestling on it. And that could be a biggest opportunity you ever get, but you missed it because you think, mm, should I, shouldn't I? Always take your opportunities. Absolutely. So, so sorry, give me, give me one more. So that's two things oh. that you you would do. Give me one that you would say, um, not to put a negative spin on it, but something that you would warn your younger self about. Don't get involved in politics. <laughs> is, is it possible to not? I mean, uh, um, it's. I, I mean, I'd like to think I'm doing a good job at it. I think there's. And that's not me saying there's a lot of politics around me, but there's there's always going to be politics. There's always, like we said earlier, you're going to make friends now. There's always going to be people that don't get on. There's always going to be that kind of thing. For me, I try to stay out of any politics unless it's something that's my business. Um, yeah. That probably comes down to life lessons. Uh, I've got life experience that some things you don't need to be involved in unless it's involving you do you know what i mean because chances are when you get involved it's gonna come back to bite you not the people that are involved in it and i just i think just keep your head down train hard stay out of anything you can and just enjoy doing what you're doing love wrestling <laughs> enjoy <laughs> it for what it is mate that's that's fantastic yeah absolutely absolutely so I'm going to swing you into the uh, the last part, the last part of this uh, podcast. It's something I've been doing for a while now. I, I used to get told it on a weekly basis in proper corporate office jobs, and I fucking hated it because it just sounds like 
management speak, and that's just really not what I'm about. But I think it applies to professional wrestling quite well. And it gives yeah, our listeners um, an insight into how you think and how you see the business, how you see the landscape of pro wrestling as a, as a, as a whole. So what I want from you is a stop, a start, and a continue. So something that you want the business to stop, something you want the business to start, and something you want the business to continue doing. That is a really tough question. It is, and I, I don't give you much chance to, to prep an answer for that, because I, I prefer your organic, natural response. This question is on par with, you know, when you, know when you start a new job and you get that whole, <laughs> right, what's your name and tell me a fact about you, and you all of a sudden, it don't matter what you've done in your life, you become the most boring person in the world, and you're adamant you haven't got any facts about you at all. But when someone asks you, tell me a joke. The worst. This is on par with that. Well, I give you. I will I'm going to stall you for time and give give you a chance to think of an answer. I I went not that long ago. I was talking maybe it was just before lockdown, so maybe two years. So I went for a job interview at the escape rooms in Hanley in in the middle of Stoke, and they did a really nice interview. The lady that interviewed me really nice, really professional. And then right at the end, she said, OK, and now our little, um, I think she even called it an icebreaker, which sounds weird because it was right at the end of the interview. So I was like, OK, she's got a words mixed up. Said, OK, so uh, Phil, last part of, the, uh, part of the interview, can you tell me the story of the three little pigs? Now, I don't know the story of the three little pigs. I was 35, 36. I've not got kids. It's been a good 30 years since I would have had it read to me or read it or whatever. Um, and it was in that moment I thought, I genuinely don't know the story. I know there's a wolf and I know there's three pigs and there's like three houses, but I don't know the story. And like, what do I do? And then like this millisecond of thinking, I, I said, um, OK. And I told this story that was like these, the big bad wolf was trying to sell the little three pigs PPI insurance. And the first one didn't go for it. And the second one he recruited. And because I thought it's better to tell a bad story confidently than the true story badly. And it seemed to work. So I got through to the next stage of the interview. But I'm just sat there thinking, this is bollocks. Why? I'm, I'm in my 30s. Why am I telling this random woman a story about the three little pigs and the big bad wolf selling PPI to them? But she really loved it. She preferred that I was confident and I could confidently bullshit than... Be like, um, I think one of the houses made of straws or stones or bricks or something. I don't really know. Oh, I love that. Honestly, Captain Bullshit, mate. That's me. Becoming a professional wrestler made them conversate. You know, when you go for a staff meeting, like, right, I'm just going to introduce everybody. So, uh, wait, tell me your name. Tell me something interesting. I think that's. I think that was my calling to become a professional wrestler because now it's like, oh well, in my spare time, professional wrestler, and it's like, oh, right, done. Like, you don't need to tell us anything else. Interesting fact. I haven't got that awkward. Oh, what's an interesting fact? Well, what did I do when I was a kid? Have I ever done anything fun? You've got that thing there. I'm telling you, that's why I became a wrestler, just so I could answer that question. Yeah, put that on your CV and wait wait for people to look at it and go, pro wrestler, eh? Because it's got to be, be truthful, is it on your CV right now? No, because I haven't done a CV for a while. But if I had, it would 100% be, on, you know, under interest, right? It's like yeah. that boring bit that we all know nobody reads. Nobody cares what you do outside of work, really. But 
you have that interest part and I'm like oh so what do you do and I'm like oh well in my spare time I read and uh, what's the job what jobs to do with computers yeah I, I spend my time on excel making spreadsheets and oh yeah professional wrestler mate like I, I can completely vouch for that because on my cv it legit it legit said I was batman because I'd, I'd misspelled barman because I was running a couple of bars here in town I've never paid attention to it, but no one ever picked up on it. So I thought no one really does read CVs because otherwise they go, oh, so he's been in uh, this office, this office, that man, what? They don't, no one ever does. It, it, it's like when it's, oh, put a reference at the end and you get them people that put oh, references available on request. No one gets that far into a CV anyway. No, definitely not. <laughs> but we've stalled full enough time. So oh. I want to stop, a start and a continue. Right, uh, I hope these are good enough answers. So for me, a stop, uh, sorry, a stop. Stop not paying trainee wrestlers. So I, when, when I mean by that is going to outside shows, stop not paying them. Everyone on that show is wrestling. Everyone is putting their body on the line. So why shouldn't somebody go out and get paid? I'm not talking your own academy shows, not talking that at all going on an outside show why why shouldn't they be paid do you know what i mean and i'm not saying yeah. it's got to be a full wage but give them credit for the fact that they've gone and put their body on the line for whoever's show it is i've i've been quite lucky i've not had that situation but i also know it's it's actually a thing and yeah. that's something i really disagree with i think why what, what, how is that fair? Yes, somebody might be more well-known, but that person who's less well-known might be taking three, four moves that are a lot more riskier because they're trying to get more well-known. Like, give everybody that chance. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, me negative out of the way. Let's get positive. <laughs> so go on then. So something you want to start. Start, right. So... Maybe it's because of my background and my personal life. I've always been into fitness, things like that. Um, I don't believe enough wrestlers are educated on nutrition and training. Unless you start getting higher, higher up the ladder, there's not enough education on it. But if we go back to what wrestling is, and I know it's not all about being six foot four, 300 pound lean, but wrestling is a show. And I think... If you can make yourself look the best you can, you stand out above the rest. Like, you look at wrestling and your, your main people that have always thought, like your Brock Lesnar's, they stand out, they look after the body. Like, people aren't educated on what's good and what's bad to be eating, what's good for the training. And they're just kind of, we'll teach you to wrestle. Now go work the rest out on your own. Why is that not a thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm 38 and I'm only just learning about things like, hypertrophy and, and nootropics and things like this it's nuts but yeah yeah absolutely i'm maybe like I say i've I, i've got a background in fitness and so i'll try and always help the guys but it, it, it's mad how a lot of people don't know that much about fitness and health and if the and even like not just about an aesthetic way like looking at preserving your body do you know what I mean? We're in an yeah. industry where we're taking a lot of big bumps. You can preserve your body by eating rice. And you're like, you're, even like things like your stretching, you'll, you'll get so much more out of it if you're looking after yourself. 
Yeah, I don't see that many people doing stretching beforehand um, on even my shows or other shows that I go to, like Unstoppable and all these other companies. Yeah, I don't see that many people do do stretches, which is uh, really, really strange because like, I swear by it before every gym session I have, uh, which I do want to give a massive shout out to, to Old School Gym's uh, gym in Chesterton because that's uh, an unofficial sponsor person for you currently. You never know what, what might happen in the future, but I, I, I work out there. I have, I have a good 15, 20 minute stretch, top to toe. Even if I'm just doing biceps, I'm stretching top to toe. And I feel so much better for it, but I never see people do it. They'll kind of give a little bit of a, ooh, with a bit of an arm around the back. Yeah, that'll do 20 seconds. And that's just not enough. The amount of wrestlers I'll see come backstage and they'll be holding the back and like, oh, I've got a twinge here, I've got a twinge there. I'm like, do, do you warm up before you go out? Oh, no, not really. Why? Like, why, why would you not warm your body up before you go and do it? It's no different than doing exercise. It's, it, well, if anything, it's worse. You're throwing your body around and taking bumps that your body's not made to be taking. So why wouldn't you warm their muscles up ready? But yeah. it, it, even like little things like the common thing I always see, and I don't know if you you could say the same, the amount of wrestlers I'll see just before they're about to go out, they'll be there, they'll be doing the press-ups. And I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, you're warming your body up a little bit, but we know why you're doing them because you want to feel that pump. That pump lasts for about two minutes. By the time your entrance song's gone, you'll be back down to your normal size anyway. You'll be better off doing your stretching. Do your stretching and you might come out of the match not feeling anything. Mate, you're hitting the nail on the fucking head today. Absolutely. So people listening to this, if you're in wrestling, stretch, for God's sake. And also, I'm, I'm going to tag this onto your little start. I don't see enough people brushing their teeth before a show. I know two people that do it. Me and a guy called Mark that has wrestlers, Jukin or Jürgen Heimlich or Mark Lasek. He's had about 100 different names. But longest reigning G- person for G6 champion of about 1,200 days. Us two brush our teeth for every show. I've never seen anyone else do it. And I don't get why. If you're getting up in someone's face, breathing and sweating all over them, brush your teeth. It's like Lynx has never existed as well sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Lynx? Honestly. Okay, okay. See, now you're showing your age. Now you've just gone <laughs> from being like from the young guy back up to the old guy again. But you know, you're totally right. That not enough people brush their teeth. They do, they don't, and it's just like really. But mate, not not enough, not enough people trim their uh, their armpit hair either. This is one thing that was drilled into us from day one. Trim your armpit hair. And I'm like, well, why? Because you got hair all over your body. It's like yeah, but if you get someone in a headlock, like it's sweaty at the best of times, but it's fucking rude and disgusting if you've got a big wig under your armpit wafting in someone's face. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You just don't see just don't see people doing it all that all that much anymore. People are just going oh natural. It's like mm, you've got fake tan on. You've shaved your chest hair. Maybe do your armpits as well. Just put that out I've there. Ju- I've just got a feeling now that we're going to come to the show in June and the show's going to start late because you've got a queue of people brushing the teeth and shaving arm hair in the sink. <laughs> in the just. Because it's a, it's a working men's club, so all the you know, the guys that are there drinking from 11am onwards are just there trying to have a wee while these luminous orange, pink, ear-wearing people are just there lining up to brush their teeth. Imagine, 
the looks I'm going to get when I'm when I'm stood in there in my Power Rangers gear, just shaving one armpit while I've got a toothbrush <laughs> in my mouth as well. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> amazing, amazing. But uh, last but not least, we need your continue. So this, I try and say, it's something that you see, something in wrestling that you're either especially proud of or something you think we do better than better than any other industry, something like that. What do you want to see continue happening in wrestling? For my continue, I've put, because this is something I love so much, and you see it all over Twitter, Instagram, the lot, promoting each other. So one thing that really got me the other day, right, I saw, I'm not going to mention names, but I saw somebody I know promoting a wrestler. And they promoted it, and the caption started with something like, I've never met this guy. I don't know him. But book him. He looks good. His videos are good. And I love that British wrestling, everyone promotes each other. Even, even though, let's, let's, let's be honest, if you come down to everything, we are all fighting for the same spots. Now, there's enough promotions to go around, but we're all fighting for the same spots. But it's very, very rare you see it in a negative way. It's normally everyone is trying to push each other. Everyone's promoting each other. And I absolutely love that. There's not many communities where you're going for the same spots, but you're also pushing everybody out there. Like for me, my background was uh, I did a lot of live music. And I, my band's page, we'd never promote another band. You don't do that. Because we want to get boots, not them. But with wrestling... Everyone is so, majority of people are so nice. They promote each other. The amount of times you'll see other wrestlers sharing other wrestlers' stuff. But in any other industry, you wouldn't do that. Um, I work in gyms. I wouldn't share another gym stuff. Do you, know, you just wouldn't do that. But I love that wrestling does that. It brings people together. And I think that is something that should always carry on. Hey, that that is absolutely perfect. I'm I couldn't agree with, with you more if I tried. That is perfect. I just I think it's great. I think we have such a positive community at the moment, and I just I love that everybody promotes each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, I I just think that's exactly how wrestling should be because it goes to my first point. We all majority of us got into wrestling for the same thing for a love of wrestling. We're all geeks that love wrestling. Yeah. Then we all do it together. And we all mate. promote each other. Yep, absolutely. Mate, that is absolutely perfect. So um, obviously before before we sign off, where where can our listeners close to the word, where can our listeners track you down? Um, so you can track me down on Twitter at the underscore Gabriel Lee. So the underscore Gabriel Lee. Uh, and I am also on Instagram. The real Gabriel Lee. All these imposter Gabriel Lees coming well, out of the Well, exactly. You never know. You never know. Right? You never know. So, just got to make sure you've got the right one. When I'm wrestling the AAA Mania one year, and people are trying to make um, fake profiles of me, you know I'm the one. That's when you know you've struck it big, when people are copying you to that degree. You're like, yep, yeah, there it is. I made it. Oh, I can't wait. Like most people will be going mad. Oh, why is someone doing this? I'll message him. Thanks. Really appreciate that. Thanks for, thanks for doing that. I'm all about that. Like, can, can I send you a t-shirt? Any promotion is good promotion. 
Mm, most promotions. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll go with most. We will go with most. Most I, promotion I was, is good promotion. Yeah, of course. So, and speaking of promotion, uh, what promotions can can people see you at? Um. So at the moment, I'm wrestling at Barracks Pro Wrestling, uh, Pro Wrestling for You, um, Alpha News Wrestling Academy. Uh, I'm I'm trying to get out there as much as I can. So hopefully, I'm coming to a promotion near you. Ah, oh, you mate. You 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 shelled it perfectly, absolutely perfectly. So, dude, honestly, this is fantastic. It's always great to see you. You're the you're the newest member of the person for your roster. So you fit right in, right from the get go. Everyone was like, you know what, great guy, really great guy. So, like, I'm happy that you're part of our roster. I'm happy that we got fortunate. It was unfortunate because I know someone had to drop out for you to jump in, but it was one of those happy little accidents that you go, you know what, we it was perfect. It was great. So. Mate, this has been absolutely perfect. Thanks so much for for doing this podcast with us. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for having me on the podcast and having me on the roster. Like I say, it was such such a good atmosphere in the dressing room. Uh, one of the most positive atmospheres I've been in, and I absolutely love being a part of uh, pro wrestling for you. Oh, fantastic, uh, mate. Honestly, happy to have you. So, uh, ladies and gents, and uh, all podcast fans, this has been Snap Crackle and Cheap Hops, the Pro Wrestling for you podcast. Episode 40, he's been Gabriel Lee. I've been Forward Vine. Thank you for listening. Good night. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.